My name is Dr. Ian Storch. I'm a board-certified gastroenterologist and osteopathic physician, and you are listening to DO or Do Not. If you're interested in joining our team or have suggestions or comments, please contact us at doordonotpodcast.com. Share our link with your friends and like us on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Brooke Pileggi, OMS2 at the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine, and you are listening to DO or Do Not. In April of 2022, the American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine, otherwise known as AACOM, graciously invited the DO or Do Not podcast to attend their national meeting, Educating Leaders Conference in Denver, Colorado. Our two producers, myself, as well as Lerone Clark, who is an OMS2 at the New York Institute of Technology College of Osteopathic Medicine, as well as Ben Berg, our pre-medical student liaison, attended the conference to continue our mission of promoting awareness of osteopathic medicine by interviewing leaders in the field. We would like to thank Dr. Robert Kane, president of AACOM, Joseph Shapiro, director of media relations, and Helene Cameron, vice president of medical education services, for having us at the conference and supporting the podcast. Personally, I had an amazing experience and would recommend the conference for any medical or pre-medical students interested in learning more about the inner workings of osteopathic medicine and osteopathic medical education. Dr. Sammy Nandial is a recent medical school graduate from the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine in Athens, Ohio. Sammy won Student Doctor of the Year at the 2022 ACOM Educating Leaders Conference and is currently preparing to begin her family medicine residency at the University of Cincinnati. She talks about her experiences in medical school, strong passion in family medicine, experience with board exams, and her involvement in her community. Sammy also offers information and advice for medical students and pre-medical students and a roadmap for a successful medical career. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to the DO or Do Not podcast. Today we have Sammy Nandial with us, and we're going to have a great discussion. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Sammy won Student Doctor of the Year at this year's ACOM conference. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Every osteopathic school around the United States sends out nominations to their student body, and every school picks a student doctor of the year at their school. And then the Council of Osteopathic Student Presidents, COSGP, come together and they choose a national student winner. And this year, somehow, I was chosen, and I'm really grateful for that. Congratulations. Thank you. So what's something that you feel like you did that set you apart from other students to win the award? I think about this a lot because I have that mindset where I shy away from awards and things like that. And so basically, I just have really good mentors and I have really good people in my corner. And all the projects that I do, I'm surrounded by very passionate people who lead me down this path. And so definitely wasn't just a me thing. It was my village and I wish that we could have that mean girls moment and like break up a crown or whatever but for now I'll just be keep showing my gratitude. Sounds great very well said. Can you tell us about the school that you go to and how your experience is like there? 
I go to Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, and that is in a small town called Athens, Ohio. We also have campuses in Columbus, Ohio, and Cleveland, but I was in Athens, and Going there, I was a little bit apprehensive because it's a very small town. It's like a college town um, surrounded by like parks, and it's just very rural. And that's not what I was used to growing up in Columbus. I mean, it's not a giant city, but it is metropolitan. But it turned out to be a really great way to buckle down and to study and to be surrounded by a lot of good people. OU is really dedicated to rural and underserved primary care, making those physicians that are able to use social determinants of health and care for patients in poverty. And so that really attracted me there because that's why I'm going into medicine. And now I'm on my way out. I'm out the door. I graduate in like a week. So (laughs) reflecting on that, I'm glad I chose this path. I'm glad I chose to go to that school. Thanks for sharing your perspective and congratulations on almost graduating. Thank you. Right there. So what's specialty are you going into and what factors played a role in your decision to choose one? Family medicine. Okay. Yeah. I love family medicine. It's like it is broad spectrum. I'm I'm really passionate about like reproductive health and health disparities, health equity and being close to the community is something that's important to me. And not that people that specialize can't be close to the community, but I wanted to be with my patients from birth till what did they say, cradle to grave. And that was very important to me. And there's so many people that I met that were family physicians, like throughout my time in medical school, who seem to be just invigorated by people still and less lost in just the sciences. And although like I can nerd out a lot and I really, I like procedures, I like just learning and learning and learning. I found that people just stayed at the center of why I'm doing this. And I would feel like I was missing something if I zoomed too far in. But yeah, family medicine, I'm going to University of Cincinnati for residency. What are some things that were important to you when, you know, ranking and choosing what residency programs you'd be applying to? It's such a process to decide what's important to you. Obviously, like location is way up there. Wanting to be in a place where you still are pushed out of your comfort zone, but also that you have a community. My family is in Cincinnati, and I thought I was always going to just move to California or something or somewhere far away. And I ended up matching into Cincinnati where my family is, but that was important. My program that I matched into blew me away. I had a mentor there who basically has led me down the path of health equity and social justice and spiritual wellness, and she had all good things to say about their program. They keep anti-racism at the center of their their mission. It's not just a checkbox. It is what we do every single day, and they really love the community, and they're very involved in the Cincinnati community. And it's not like, this is the hospital, and this is the people. They really emphasize the outreach and the partnership with the community. And I'm starting there soon, and I'm so excited and terrified. (laughs) (laughs) That's really great to hear. I wish you the best in your residency program and experience. What are some experiences you've had in medical school or before medical school that you feel helped you to become a successful student? I think, again, the mentorship I received. During college, I got to work in FQHC or a federally qualified health center and do both a volunteer aspect of chasing down referrals to make sure that patients aren't lost to the system in a very underserved area. Also getting to 
help facilitate a tobacco treatment group that where people came every week and talked about just their mental wellness and their stepping back from addictions that they had. And those experiences that I did for almost four years just also nailed down primary care for me and also being with the community. I guess I'm saying that because holding our why we're doing things through medical school is so important. Like, as you know, it's not easy. You're in the middle of board studying and where every day we're just faced with performance, 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 and it's so easy to get lost in that. I think we've all been there where we've gotten lost in that. But keeping my why was very important, and I guess made me a better med student. But other experiences are there. I was in organizations within medical school that gave me the tools to become the physician in the future that I want to be. We had the rural and urban underserved scholars program at my school, RESP. Um, also involvement with Student National Medical Association, SNMA, and Future Physicians for Patients. Basically, like I just wanted to surround myself with people that cared about what I cared about and would make me a better person. And that's an ongoing journey. I'm sure a lot of medical students would share in that experience and take some of that insight as well. A little bit more towards specific osteopathic questions. How did you originally apply to DO school, and what was the application process like for you? That's actually throwing back six years, because I took a break after college, because I didn't want to get on the medical roller coaster yet. And then I also did a teaching year within medical school. So that was six years ago. My older sister actually went to the same osteopathic school that I go to, so OU, and I think what really struck me was I wanted to use my hands to heal, and the the osteopathic mission and mindset was very appealing to me. I was choosing between an allopathic and osteopathic school, and yeah, I leaned one way, and I had my sister to thank for exposing me to that, because I wouldn't have known like what osteopathy was at that point in my life. And they also, my school allowed me to defer a year when I explained what I would be doing and why I wanted to defer a year. And that was really, that was a good sign that they cared about students and our goals and our wellness outside of school. I think a lot of pre-meds would find that very helpful and they might be in that same situation right now. Oh yeah. Take breaks when you can, honestly. (laughs) This is a a long ride. (laughs) In your experience clinically as an osteopathic student, have you worked with many uh, allopathic students in rotations and electives, and what was that experience like? Most of my interactions with MD students have been within organizations that I'm in, like national organizations, like SNMA, and like conferences that I've gone to. That's been the majority of my interactions, as well as friends that chose to go to MD schools, as well as my fiancé, who is a current MD resident. So my exposure to them and my interactions with them have been in mostly a social justice type of environment. So there has great camaraderie in that sense. And clinically, my interactions with them have been surprisingly really good because I was going into it, I was nervous. When we choose to go DO, there's that little stigma that is getting less and less that we are somehow lesser than, which is not true. And I think I was afraid that I'd be looked down on in some way. And that wasn't the case at all. Like, people are very interested in learning OMT. Like, I teach my friends certain techniques. I've also found, like, pretty good 
relationships with MD preceptors for the most part. But overall positive interactions, way better than what I thought it would be. And I think that people really see that we not only are not lesser than, but we have a lot to add to the table that allopathic medicine is missing. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think that going forward, more and more students will have those positive experiences. And I hope that the field of osteopathy will continue to grow. So what advice would you give to pre-meds who are getting ready to apply to medical school? If a pre-medical student was going into their first year and had aspirations of winning student doctor of the year, what would you say to them? So for the pre-med students, I would say that really examine your why. I I think going into medical school, I really was either going to be in medicine or I was going to be social work or community organizer, something like that. And the reason I chose the medical field is because I had the opportunity and the privilege in order to pursue this field and be able to like directly interact with people. But there are so many valuable fields to go into. So I would just encourage people to really look inside if that's what they want, because the medical field is not benign and there's so much hardship placed on physicians' shoulders and a lot of burnout, a lot of pain. And I just don't, I don't think that I really knew that before I went into med school. And I think it's important to talk about mental health and things like that. But people in medicine, basically, you're going to know somebody that has committed suicide because of burnout. And I haven't even graduated med school yet, and one of my close friends did that. And so I think that it's very, very important that we know what we're getting into and that it's not all shiny and stars and, and able to to be able to go through it. We have to really hold what's important to us inside and surround ourselves by people who are going to lift us up because we are not always going to be up. Get mentors that you trust, that you can tell that really, really want to see you succeed and be well and be in contact with them constantly. And also know that none of us are invincible and we can't do it alone and and to also look back and help other people that are coming in behind us. A little bit about the assessment part of medical school. What was your experience like studying for the complex exams? And did you also take USMLE? And if so, why? Board season is, you know, <laughs> is a really hard time. I think one of the best pieces of advice I got from my older sister who had gone through it before me, she said, you really have to choose who you're surrounded by because people stress out and like as a empathetic person or even just someone that is human and compares herself to other people. Being around people who are constantly talking about all the things like the scores that they're getting or how stressed out they are, it really rubs off on you. And at this point, those couple of months or month that you have to really focus on boards, you have to choose who you're surrounding yourself with. I've been like, I went so far as to call boards the B word and so because I noticed that my heart rate would go up when I heard the word boards, which I don't know if that was like a placebo, but it was mostly a joke, but we said B word instead of boards. <laughs> but I did not take USMLE. When I was choosing my specialty, it was either going to be FM or it was going to be OB. And when I was asking around looking at programs, all the programs that I would want to apply to accepted complex. And so I just chose to take that. A lot of my friends took both. Most of them I found took both, if they're going into primary care, took both just in case because they didn't know if they would need the other. But 
I, for money reasons and for stress reasons, I'm really glad I just took Comlex. I'm battling with that same thing myself of making that decision. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing your insight on that. What are some experiences that were meaningful to you that you think current medical students and pre-med students should know about? So going through med school as someone who's excited and passionate, and I can tell that you're that person too, I made it a priority that I would only do things that I was passionate about. Because there's so many opportunities in med school, and sometimes it can feel like we're just trying to rack up a resume because we need to survive in this field. And unfortunately, this field rewards a very, very full plate. So I chose to do only things that I was super passionate about that I knew would make me a better physician. That being said, some of the projects that I'm currently still involved in, one is I was pulled into a group by my mentors called Our Generational Health, and it's a group of black and brown female physicians, and we hold community sessions. We reached out to churches and groups in different cities, mostly in Ohio, some in Chicago, but And we have monthly topics that we have a discussion about. And kind of the goal with that was there's a big bridge between the medical field and underserved communities. And the goal with that was to just kind of bring it together. And it's been really rewarding, especially getting to spend time with people I really respect and learn myself as well as interact with the community actually in a virtual way right now, which has been changed from before COVID. But... At this conference, too, we have a poster about something that I was not aware of the issue before running across stories, but there's a lot of weight bias in healthcare. So people of a larger size going into their office, whether it be a specialty or a primary care office, face a lot of stigma and poor health outcomes because in medicine, we're really trained to see to determine health based on BMI, which is a very flawed tool. But a friend of mine told me a story about how a very large cyst was missed. And because the doctors kept telling her she just needs to lose weight, she just needs to lose weight. And that I've seen that on clinical rotations, like problems and pain are ignored, not only because of all different types of identities, but because of body size. We did this workshop that we're really excited about that helped reduce the bias scores for weight within um, a multidisciplinary group. So those are a couple of things I'm just like passionate about and excited about that. Sammy, thank you for being on the DLR Do Not podcast. We appreciate your insights and your thoughts and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. All right. We hope you enjoy the remainder of your fourth year, though so very short, and best, best wishes in your residency program and experience. Thank you. This concludes our episode of Do or Do Not. Send all inquiries, comments, suggestions, and even let us know if there's someone you want us to interview to do or do not podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at Do or Do Not Podcast for updates. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with your classmates and administration. We have plenty of more interviews lined up, and we're excited to share them with you. This is Tian Yu Shea. Thank you guys so much for listening to Do or Do Not.